Hi, welcome back to the Cities Reimagined podcast, to this bonus episode, to the one or to the talk ad with Gefford Ambush on reimagining urban wildlife habitats. That's right, I also never thought that I would have a DB punk rock metal sludge intro to the show, but here it is. This was by the band Blake Mass, Gavid Blake Guitar in this, and was released in 2008 on Noise Appeal Records from Vienna, Austria. Shoutouts to Michael and uh, Dominic from, from that label at this point. But I hope you listened and liked the Cities Reimagined uh, episode with Gerfried. And I thought while having him on the show and having a conversation, which we record, um, I better ask him on some off-topic questions on his background in do-it-yourself punk rock and hardcore because this guy has some crazy stories to tell. At that time, the Plague Mass was also a very active band. That was a band from Graz, and they were very active and touring a lot. At that time, somehow Graz was really on the map uh, within Europe because there were so many interesting bands um, touring Europe and uh, I think also beyond. That time was the yeah, from 2000 to 2010. And the Plague Mass also did some tours in places where at that time you would probably not go as a punk rock band and uh, I would encourage you to listen in to hear about Gerfried's stories about touring Belarus and some other places alright so here it is the bonus episode to the talk you had with Gerfried on urban amphibians no quarks here We know each other for a long time. Um, it goes back to our musical roots in punk and hardcore. And you've been very true. active in the scene and you played in so many bands um, from the 2000, early 2000s on. Some are based in London and some... Late are, 90s even. Late 90s even. Um, mm. Some were based in, in London. And I actually looked on your Discogs uh, or in Discogs to see what in what bands you were involved in. And I didn't even know in how many bands you were involved in. And most right, of them yeah. are having a... And it's not a complete list. It's not a complete list. And you should edit it on Discogs. Well, I, I, have nothing, I have nothing to do with it. I'm not on <laughs> Discogs, really. It's just like... Someone else... Uh, yeah, someone did that. Someone did that. that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but coming out of a, of the scene of the 90s and 2000s, um, that was a very political scene as well and political right. time in this alternative culture and alternative cult uh, subculture how did you this time of being engaged in a scene which kind of constantly challenged the status quo of anything and experimentally uh, experimented with partly radical ideas for example veganism you're a vegan yourself mm -hmm. in 2000 was was it was a very radical statement Nowadays, it's not maybe not that radical anymore, and people do it for other reasons, lifestyle reasons. Mm. How did that shape you today? Well, I think I think that that's uh, one of the first things I said on on uh, 
in, in this discussion was that, you know, like, like my attitude of just going out and doing things um, like that's, that's just a DIY punk spirit. Like that's, um, it's basically the same idea. Like you're, you, you know, you live in like in a small town, like I, I, I grew up in Graz, right? Uh, you want more bands to come through because you want to see them. You start on, you start putting on shows, right? You start promoting shows and then, and then uh, there's going to be more bands uh, coming through your town. So I think that really was the, that, that's sort of the, the genesis of like my, my approach really. And yeah, um, also, you know, if you're involved in, uh, with, with that, you, you kind of, and you play in bands, you kind of like get around a lot. You meet a lot of people, you see things, you, you, um, you know, uh, travel like to places um, where you wouldn't ordinarily go like <laughs> for vacation. Right. Uh, also you're immediately, you know, like welcomed into like a local community there, which, which are always really appreciated. And then like people will show you around and, um, you know, like the, their small town, for instance, that's very much like the one you grew up, uh, grew up in, uh, yeah. but, but it's in Serbia. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's quite, you know, it's been quite a, an interesting experience yeah. over the past I two and a half decades yeah and mm. i i totally i can totally relate to that i i didn't tour at all or just a little uh here and there but i can totally um relate to what you said about how you get engaged and how you start things uh, so when i was 16 or 15 or so i started setting up band uh shows in my hometown in Klagenfurt because it was super boring there did, yeah. and uh that's also why why you and your band uh, Blake Mass at the time, I guess, came around uh, that town a couple of times. And yeah, I, yeah, you, did, yeah. you mentioned it a couple, or you mentioned it earlier, that you also toured a lot of uh, places where you would not go on holidays. Uh, no. To, and I, I remember that you told me some really interesting and fascinating and uh, also scary stories from these places um is there is there a story you would like to share a touring story well there's obviously there's 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 so many but you know i can uh because it's been on the on the, on the news lately um you know like belarus like that that would be an example of of you know a country that you know, 20 years ago, it was 20, pretty much, yeah, 20 years ago, 2004, 19 years ago, uh, that we went there. We went to Minsk and, uh, and uh, I forgot the name of the other town. We had like three shows lined up, but we had to, uh, the, the, the government made us cancel one of them. <laughs> like that was one of the, because we were only uh, allowed like a transit visa. That was um, Bla uh, with Plague Mass, right? With Plague Mass, yeah, in, in, yeah. in 2004. Um it was very difficult. Like we were just trying to get into the country was very difficult because um, we pulled up at the embassy in, in Vilnius, Lithuania to get like our visas, right? Um, they only spoke Russian, of course, but you know, like kind of, we had a person with us that, that spoke Russian. So it was, that was okay. But they were like, um, the only, like, you, you cannot get, get a visa for, you cannot just drive into, into uh, Belarus, right? Um, the only visa you can get uh, at, at a reasonable price, it was still like, you know, like 100 euros per person, which, you know, 
was oh, a lot of a money band. for a punk band, but also like for, you know, I mean, there was nothing official about it. It was just like a lot of bribery and, you know, things like that. And it was just really just sketchy. Um, uh, what happened was that, you know, they said, we, they can give us like a transit visa for that. So we can, we can, we can spend like uh, two days in the country. Uh, but we have to then get out of the country again. Um, and they were like, and the only way you can prove this to us is if, if you uh, get train tickets. Right? So I went to the train station, got train tickets to Minsk and back to, to Vilnius. To, to, to Vilnius. And uh, so we showed up with those train tickets the next day. They said, uh, those are no good because it's only transit if you go to a third country. Right? Uh, I'm like, okay. Well, right. Let's go back, trade those, get train tickets. Um, from Vilnius to Minsk and then uh, to the Ukraine, to Ukraine, right? Um, which we did, but obviously we had like there was we had no intention of of going to Ukraine because we didn't have any shows lined up there. We yeah. had to go back. Our van was back in Vilnius, right? We had to go back there. So what happened was that uh, we um, then. Got those train tickets, showed them. They gave us the the transit visas. Then we went back to the train station, um, returned the train tickets, and got like coach tickets, bus tickets instead yeah. for a bus that that would go that uh, went from like Vilnius to to Minsk and back, right? Um, or no, no, just from Vilnius to Minsk actually. And then uh, after the shows, we would get a bus. Uh, another bus that would get us to to Poland, and then we'd have someone in Vilnius drive our van from Lithuania to Poland and pick us up, like literally on the side of the road. And all of that worked out, uh, which is great. It was just again sketchy as fuck, but you know, which was just the borders and everything was just like bribery and you know things like that. But um, and of course, the shows were interesting because at the time, uh, all the shows that they uh, put on. Like the local punk scene in in Minsk had to be secret shows because they had such a huge like neo-Nazi problem there. Uh, they couldn't they couldn't announce shows, they couldn't promote shows because uh, if like Nazis found out like where the shows were, they would show up and and uh, beat everyone up and just mm-hmm. basically uh, destroy the show, right? So it had to be it was secret, and the the, the venue was only. Uh, the venue was only announced or disclosed like on the same day, like just mere hours before the, the concert. And um, that show was sort of like out, a little outside of town, like in a small village um, at what I guess was sort of like like an old communist like campsite kind of thing. Like they had like little huts, like in the main reception building, which was completely abandoned, right? And the, the, and the concert was like in the reception building. Right. Um, ahead of the show, um, people would patrol the area, like in their cars, to see if 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 any Nazis were showing up. Right. So the local train station, and then suddenly, uh, everybody seemed alarmed, and uh, somebody had like seen like apparently like, two like Nazi-looking guys at the local train station. Right. And then what happened was that everybody started collecting rocks. Uh, cutting off branches of trees and 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 you know making them look pointy <laughs> uh, with their knives. Everybody had a knife, of course, 
um, and they were just in complete like medieval uh, defend the castle mode, right? All of a sudden, and we were there. And we're like, what is what is happening here? Right? This is this That's is just, this is just this is just crazy. And I was like, okay, um, um, so they they were all sort of really really alarmed. Um, nothing in the end, like nothing happened. Nobody showed up, um, even though like the the previous night, like or like. Couple of weeks before, like they had a show there or tried to have a show there, but somebody called in uh, a bomb threat, and and so the police shut it down. So, but that didn't happen. The, the show went ahead uh, because we were traveling by bus. We couldn't bring any of our own equipment, so we had we played with whatever was there. There weren't even like micro microphone stands or anything which we needed. So I remember distinctly this. Um, um, I think I think it was it was Chris or Schnee. Remember Schnee? <laughs> um, yeah. I had to like fashion like a microphone stand out of like a, a chair and a baseball bat, oh uh, just with uh, scotch tape, not not even yeah. like gaffer tape, just scotch tape, yeah. and like put the microphone on top, right? So it's like a, a microphone stand. And so the show went ahead. It was it was just it was mayhem. It was just you know it was like hundreds of people there. It was just a crazy. I don't know. It was just I, it probably sounded like shit. Um, it was just chaos, right? It was, yeah. it was really crazy. And I remember, like the next day, we then uh, went to the local train station. It was like, uh, like it's, I think, like a two mile walk or something like that, and got on a train back to Minsk because that's that's where we uh, were going to catch a, a taxi to the next to the next gig. And the train ride was just uh, just incredible because, like, for some reason, it was the most depressing thing ever. It's just the train was pretty packed, but nobody on the train spoke. Like yeah. there was no, no, there were no conversations going on or whatever, and everybody and like that 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 was before people had, and especially there, like before people had like uh, you know smartphones or whatever. But still, the, like their their heads, like everybody was just looking down. You know, it's really weird. We got on there, <laughs> it was like looking down, and then this violinist comes in. Right, doors open. Yeah. There's this this violinist plays the saddest tune you've ever heard, like on a violin. Goes around with a hat, you know. Nobody even looks up. Nobody throws in a coin or whatever. He leaves. And it was just okay. This is this is now like just the most bizarre, <laughs> surreal situation I've ever been in. Like, forget the Nazis, forget all yeah. that. What what was that? You know, where are we? And <laughs> and and that was like for the for the the whole country. It seemed. I mean, of course, like people were. You know, like at the gig, and everyone was like excited and things like that. But the whole country just seemed like under under like 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 a fog, you know, of 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 oppression. Really, yeah. like everybody was like there were like a lot of drunk people, like just lying on the side of the road, but in their Soviet uniforms from from back in the day. There were right. still like st- statues up of like you know hammer and sickle and Lenin and stuff yeah. like that, like somewhere. That's in probably fields. still there. But that's like yeah. you when you were there. That's like I don't know. When did you say 2015? That's not too long after. No, no, that that, that, that was that was 2004. 2004. So that, that, that was yeah. 2004. It was almost 20 years ago, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was already like that. That the same like that the Lukashenko guy, yeah. um, you know, who's still <laughs> the dictator yeah. there. That is yeah. such a crazy experience. Uh, mm. One follow up question to that: Did you tell your parents about this this story? Um, I don't think I have. Even though, like, my mom would be very interested in in hearing about it, I don't think I ever mentioned it to them. Yeah, 
I think they would be scared and not send you out again. Well, it, at, at the time, like, had they known, like, what were we getting yeah. into? <laughs> I can't imagine. Because it was yeah. very much like, okay, this is like, okay, this is supposed to be a dangerous place. Um, yeah, but they, they offered us a show. All right, let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. we did a lot of that. And there were situations like that, you know, like Nazi attacks, or sometimes the venue you pull up and you discover is like the, the, that was the epicenter of like the local drug scene, you know? Yeah. S stuff like that just, just very often happened. And, and... Crazy stuff. Crazy mm. stuff. So when I was preparing for the interview, I also said, uh, um, saw that you played in a, in a band called Carnist. And what I found interesting is how you, how Carnist described themselves carnist and mm. i read out now carnist are a diy punk band from london england unlearn is our first album it deals with the concept of unlearning societal norms and cultural traits which are contrary to our nature be it that our attitude towards non-human animals and indeed humans who fall uh who do not fall in line with ideas of what it is to be human and i found these lines so interesting for many reasons the main one because it describes a transitionary process, which we often see also in city making, how important it is to unlearn and to challenge the status quo and conventional paradigms uh, to and the importance to experiment with alternative futures or with alternatives. And I find it quite encouraging seeing that idea, such as unlearning, have become part of the debate on how to or at least in academic circles, how to improve, in that case, urban areas. Mm. Um, but you do not have a background in urbanism or any related discipline, uh, discipline but are you, you're neck deep into cultural studies, right? And uh, I would be very interested in hearing more on your thoughts on, on the world of, or on the concept of unlearning. Right. Uh, I think what we were... I mean, this again. This is this is now. It's probably like ten years ago that that we wrote that that album. I think probably came out in 2014, 15, something like that. Um, eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, the the concept uh, for us there related mostly to uh, diet, of course. Uh, so so that was because the main we were like a like a like an outspoken vegan band, and and that was sort of like the main. Uh, focus there but of course it can be it can be applied to many other contexts as well because um you know some of the things i mean that, that it goes without saying I and mean, we're, we're cultural beings um some of the, some of the things that we just take for granted and just accept as normal um if you take a step back and sort of like try to like unlearn your, your cultural programming um You'll you'll see that you know that's that's kind of you know it's kind of weird that we do that. It's kind of weird that we, uh, for instance, just destroy our own basis of existence, you know, which is nature, and things like that. So, I think that that's an that's an important concept, and and you know, you kind of like have to um, unlearn, you know, ideology especially because that's something you don't realize you 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 are immersed in, like you. You know, like a fish doesn't realize it's in water, right? So it's it's kind of like a similar similar idea, and but a lot of things are just just very ideological. And I, I, I think I think for instance, one of one of the the 
my like recent unlearning processes, and I, I don't, we can have a separate discussion about that, but it was just, for instance, that I was very much opposed to um, nuclear power, right? Um, almost for my life, because I kind of like, you know, like in the 90s, you, we all had the stickers, you know, Atomkraft Nein Danke stickers, you know, those, those kind of things. And and uh, only when you start, when you sort of start looking at the facts and start seeing sort of like, especially in, in, in light of like current, the current climate crisis and things like that, and you start to sort of, you know, let's stop the fear mongering let's let's just look at the facts like how safe is it actually how 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 efficient is it actually and things like that i think that that would be like an unlearning process where where you know i the things i took for granted without ever like questioning them uh when you kind of like start questioning them you kind of you, you you know i mean you, you, you can still be wrong or right about things of course but you 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 kind of you kind of you know you're you're wrong or right for like better reasons. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm trying to say. That's part of the unlearning of the, you know, whatever ideology you're kind of like you find yourself in, um, and that can be, you know, that 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 can be like, uh, you know, a, a Christian upbringing. That can be like a, a a very, um, a very sort of, you know, like personal political ideology that you carry around with you, but don't realize that it's just one of many ideas out there right yeah and and that's that's part of the process yeah i agree to that not so much to the nuclear energy but we we can have a separate discussion on that but to yeah unlearning your how you describe it unlearning the programming um your own mm. pro programming between ideologies and uh belief systems maybe and uh, and so on exactly yeah yeah okay Coming to an end, one question I'm asking everybody with the background in alternative music on the podcast: What are three songs to change the world to you? What are which are which three songs would you uh, name? And I would be disappointed if there is no Morrissey song in there, <laughs> um, because I know that you're a huge fan. What, what if uh, what if they're all Morrissey songs? <laughs> is that <laughs> that's fine? Is that, that is acceptable. Is that acceptable? Yeah. No. Um. Actually, I thought about this, and and um, um, it's quite interesting. Um. So so, okay. I'm actually like I'm not gonna name three songs because I I, I thought about it. Um. You know because I, I knew you were gonna bring something like that up. I don't know how I knew that, but but I did, <laughs> and I was like, no, there's really. I mean, it's just a different stages in your life that that's gonna be different songs. Um. So like my my sort of you know way out kind of like answer of that would be of course it's the it's it's the sounds of, of frogs croaking you know like very good one like that that would be okay if i hear that like that, that's that's like motivation that's why i go out and do things that i do it's it's why i um it's it's what i want to hear it's what i bring back and when i hear it it's kind of like it, it, it's really motivating it's like okay this is this is now not happening but of course of course you know there's this there's, there's always been uh, songs and bands like that and actually um and i think this this ties it up nicely um the other day for the first time in probably 15 years uh at the gym i discovered that uh the old plague mass albums are on apple uh, music yeah. which i didn't know um i didn't know they were on there and i listened to our first album and of course that takes you right back to like 
when it was created, how it was created, the things you thought you, you thought at the time, right? Because you know they were like largely my lyrics. It's funny because like- I, I when I prepared for the interview, I, I went through your bands and I also listened to the to the uh, Mess albums again on mm. Apple Music, and yeah. it took me right back to when I was like I don't know how old I was, eighteen, nineteen when it came out. Right, and uh, and and I was only like slightly older, like uh, I think what like we were three years apart, something like that. Like, yeah, something like that. Um, and um... at this point, unfortunately, Gefrit's battery of his phone ran out, so he couldn't give us the third song. But I asked him afterwards, and not so surprisingly, of course, it was a Morrissey song. I think it was any Morrissey song. Because this guy is one of the biggest Morrissey fans you ever met. To play you out of this episode, I actually follow one of uh, the song suggestions by Gerfried, and that is the sound of frogs and toads. So here in the background, you hear frogs and toads in the field in Gran Sabana in Venezuela. I hope you liked that. And I hope you liked this show. If you did... Leave a comment, rate the show, uh, get in touch. And I really hope you like CDs Reimagined and you like this uh, bonus episode, which is also a bit of an experiment on how how people react to it and how people uh, perceive it. So let me know in the comments or send me an email at johannes at anthropocene.city. But here it is, the frogs and toads in Venezuela. I hope to catch you soon. Bye.